Welcome to It's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're going to be doing part four in the Charles Vallow series. I'm going to do a deep dive on the email from Lori to Chad on June 28th, just 13 days before Charles was murdered. In this video, this is a better, updated, more dialed-in version than the one that I did in April, which actually was two months before the children were found. Also, there's a chance that not only Chad knew about Charles' murder, but there's a chance that he was actually there. So before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below and click that notification bell to all. Click like if you support this video and also share this out where you can. Now, let's get into it. So let's set the scene before I get into the email. Lori and Chad have been having an affair at this point. Chad stayed at Lori's house back in November of 2018 with a group of people, including Melanie Gibb. Charles wasn't there that weekend. Lori had been receiving emails from Chad about the light and dark rubric and also missions to accomplish together. Lori changed Charles's life insurance policy password Charles found out about it, and also someone called in pretending to be Charles. And Lori also stole $35,000 from Charles in January, right before her 58-day hiatus. Lori went back to Charles in Texas because the Lord told her to get Charles's financials in order. Lori then splits with Charles and moves back to Arizona. I guess the Lord probably told her to do that too. Lori carries three phones and Chad carries two phones. Tylee even joked about Lori looking like a drug dealer with all her phones. Chad and Lori used one of those to connect with each other in secret. Now when this email was written, Lori had been living back in Arizona for about a week and Charles would be killed 13 days later. Now remember in her police statement, Lori didn't want Charles staying at the house and she insisted that he stay at a hotel. So the email to Chad was written on Friday, June 28th. The next day, Charles sees it forwards it to Lori and Alex's brother, Adam, and tells him to have a look because Lori and Chad are up to something. Here's the email from Charles forwarding it to Adam. Adam, open this letter and see what she did. I'm not sure of the relationship with her and Chad Daybell, but they are up to something. She created an email alias for me as I've never set this one up. She sent this yesterday and I guess she forgot all her emails are on the computer at my house. I asked her to explain it and she started blaming you, Brandon, and me for perpetuating a scheme against her. Just more of her paranoia. She will not explain it. I am going to send it to Chad Daybell's wife. Her name is Tammy and I found her email address on their website. I've got her cell number too. Sounds very suspicious to me. What do you think? Whenever she gets caught doing this kind of stuff, she starts blaming everybody else. Mostly me, you, and Brandon. Brandon and I are the victims of her craziness. I wish you luck trying to help her. I was the only one brave enough to try to get her help in January and look what happened to me. The whole family put a scarlet letter on me. Maybe now they can see what they're up against. Thanks. And I've said this in other videos, Lori almost tells on herself. She blames other people about what they're doing when in fact that's what she's doing. So here she talks about perpetuating a scheme. 
Now I'll read you the full email and then we'll rip it apart. While listening, it just simply goes in categories about what she talks about. And remember, she wrote this to Chad pretending to be Charles. So she mentions this is Charles from Arizona while writing this email and how enjoyable it was for Chad to be at the house back in November, even though Charles wasn't there. She talks about a book that she urgently wants to complete. She says that she has opportunities to speak in conventions in the fall. She talks about insurance. She talks about paying Chad well. She asks Chad to help her. She mentions having a minor league baseball background and that the audience can relate to it. And she wants him to come in the next week. So that's the gist of it. Let's read it. Hello, Chad. I hope you're doing well. This is Charles Vallow from Arizona. We really enjoyed having you stay with us back in November when you came to preparing a people conference. I appreciated you taking time to talk to me about the book I've been working on. Well, more than six months later, I still haven't made much progress on it, but I feel an urgency to get it done. As the managing partner of Wright Planning Group, I'm going to have the opportunity to speak at various conventions beginning in the fall, but everyone says I need to have a book available that summarizes my life and shares the principles I follow. So I will cut to the chase. I'm willing to pay you well to help me get this book into shape as my ghost writer. I really liked your autobiography and the tone you took in sharing experiences without preaching. Is there any way you could come here for a couple days and help me get the book underway? I feel talking in person would be much more valuable than a phone call or video chat, mainly because I would like you to read through some of my journals and explain to me how the publish industry works. It would help me to know whether I truly have a book in me and whether you want to team up on it. I played minor league and have plenty of stories that my audience could relate to, along with the knowledge I've gained running my own company. So I do feel the book would contain valuable information even beyond the convention circuit. I'm out of town until Saturday, but I would gladly fly you down here early next week before the holiday and cover your expenses. You could stay in our guest room like before or in a hotel if you prefer. I hate to take you away from your family, but I know this book is vital to my success. I understand if you don't want to take part in the project, but I will definitely make it worth your time. With admiration, Charles. So in summary, she reiterates right away, hey Chad, it's Charles from Arizona. There's a plan for a book. He'll pay well to have Chad help him. There's talk about insurance, talk about playing minor league baseball. He's speaking about conventions in the fall. He's out of town until Saturday, but can come the following week before the long weekend. Pretty much sums the paragraph. If you agree, give me a heck yeah in the comments below. But even at face value, there's holes in Lori's bucket. Charles wasn't at the house that weekend that everyone was gathering. He was away out of town. And I'm willing to bet he wasn't planning on writing a book and most likely not going to speak at any conventions. Chad couldn't even stay at Charles's guest room because Charles didn't have one in Arizona. He lived in Texas at this point. I think the one thing that was right in this email was that he was out of town and probably coming on the 29th, that Saturday, to Arizona from Texas. Now, a Gilbert employee at the hotel that Charles was staying at said that he was there for a couple of weeks, which would match up with this timeline. So just wait to see what I have in store for you. So now here's my stripped down version and its translation. We are gonna change the word book throughout the email to the phrase, plan to kill Charles. 
So I'll read that and do a deep dive and translate the rest of the paragraph. Notably, the word book in here is mentioned seven times in this email. Here we go. Email says, Hello, Chad. I hope you're doing well. I appreciated you taking time to talk to me about the book I've been working on. More than six months later, I still haven't made much progress on it, but I feel an urgency to get it done. Translation. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me about the plan to kill Charles. I know nothing has happened since January, but it's time to get it done. Back to the email. As the managing partner of Right Planning Group, I'm going to have the opportunity to speak at various conventions beginning in the fall, but everyone says I need to have a book available that summarizes my life and shares the principles I follow. Side note, I take her talking about conventions beginning in the fall, meaning her move to Rexburg. The, they do have conventions there where people speak, like Jason Mao and Chad Daybell and other speakers. Melanie Gibb was even there for a convention the weekend that JJ was killed. So Rexburg was also her secret place to go, right? She didn't tell very many people. And also Melanie Pulowski didn't tell Brandon the secret place to where she moved. She said she was moving to Boise, I believe. So again, as the managing partner of Right Planning Group, I'm going to have the opportunity to speak at various conventions beginning in the fall, but everyone says I need to have a book available that summarizes my life and shares the principles I follow. Translation. As the beneficiary of the insurance, I'm going to have the freedom and opportunity to move to Rexburg beginning in fall, but I need to kill Charles to finish off that chapter to be with you, meaning Chad. Her words, so I will cut to the chase. I'm willing to pay you well to help me get this book into shape as my ghostwriter. I really liked your autobiography and the tone you took in sharing experiences without preaching. Is there any way you could come here for a couple of days and help me get the book underway? Translation. So let's get down to business. I'm willing to pay you well to help me kill Charles and be my co-conspirator or partner in crime. I really liked what you said in how we can get this done. Is there any way for you to come here to get this plan in place and help kill Charles? Next, I feel talking in person would be much more valuable than a phone call or video chat, mainly because I would like you to read through some of my journals and explain to me how the publishing industry works. Translation. You being here is better because I'd like you to go through my ideas and plans and lock down the plan to kill Charles and how killing someone works. Her words, it would help me know whether I truly have a book in me and whether you want to team up on it. I played minor league and have plenty of stories that my audience could relate to, along with the knowledge I've gained running my own company. So I do feel the book would contain valuable information even beyond the convention circuit. Translation, it would help me to know killing Charles can actually happen and also if you want to team up and help me. Since Charles played minor league baseball, we can use the story that Charles came at us with a bat and the cops would believe us. I know just what to say, like self-defense. So I do feel killing Charles would be valuable not only being able to go to Rexburg but also to get the insurance money. And we saw this in the actual statements. Charles came at me with the bat. Everyone said that. Lori, Tylee, Alex. Tylee said she didn't know if Charles was going to use it on her or not, but he had the bat and he was swinging it. Lori mentioned the bat. Alex mentioned the bat. They all mentioned the bat. And the stories she could tell to the audience and that they would relate to that is clearly the made-up story that the cops would believe. And what did we see? We saw them say Charles came at them with a bat and Alex gets away with murder claiming self-defense. Back to her words. 
I'm out of town until Saturday, but I would gladly fly you down here early next week before the holiday and cover your expenses. I know this book is vital to my success. I understand if you don't want to take part in the project, but I would definitely make it worth your time. Translation. Charles doesn't arrive in town until his Saturday from Texas, so come early next week and I'll pay you to do it. I know killing Charles is vital to my success and freedom and being with you. I understand if you don't want to help, but I would definitely make it worth your time. So in summary, she talks about wanting to kill Charles since January, which interestingly is the same time she gets an email from Chad saying, hey, Charles is a zombie and he's Nick Schneider. She says she's been wanting to do it for six months now and has the urge to get it done. That lines up from January to June being six months. She talks about how she's going to be receiving the money from the insurance and that once Charles is killed, she'll have the freedom and opportunity in the fall to basically be in Rexburg and she'll be with Chad. She said she wants Chad to help her and she'll pay him well to do it. And she said that they could use the bat since we know that Charles played minor league baseball and that she knew she could tell the right story that her audience, meaning the cops, would relate to and believe. She asked Chad to come in the next week before the holiday of July 4th and killing Charles is vital to moving forward and being with Chad. Chad also says that about Tammy that killing Tammy would be vital for his success in moving forward. She said she would make it worth his time and isn't that one of the most common phrases if you're a manipulative woman like her? Oh baby, I'll make it worth your time. Also, I do know that July 11th is when Charles was killed and she's asking Chad to come that week of the 4th. However, something must have happened. We know Alex had the week off. He said he was on vacation at that time. Makes sense? Let me know what your comments are below. I believe we are closer than ever in the truth in this email. So here are some questions that I have naturally because there's always more questions when it comes to Lori. Where was Chad in those two weeks from June 28th to July 11th? Could it be possible that Chad was in town and Chad was even there at the house? Did Tammy actually receive anything from Charles and was there a response? And also did Chad respond back to this email? And here's the real clincher. I sat and thought about it. Why would Lori go to the trouble of writing this email and sending it to Chad when Lori and Chad had burner phones to talk to each other on. Why does she need Charles and why does she need this email? And then the answer came to me. Because Lori needs this in writing, a paper trail or digital trail, because she has to create a reason and form an alibi so to speak, just in case for Chad. Lori's essentially offering to pay Chad to kill Charles. But if Chad is caught, their self-defense theory basically goes down the portal body. So here they can say, wait a minute, Chad's here because Charles invited Chad to come write the book. That's why he's here, not because he was part of killing Charles. That was self-defense. So Lori has to have this email written because this email covers her tracks and covers her butt. Even though now I see how poorly this was and I see through 
her BS. This is a cover-up. This is premeditation. And this is part of her story that the audience could relate to. Chad's here because Charles asked him to. He wanted to write a book and invited Chad out. This is simply, in Lori's mind, the perfect excuse what this email is. But it is far more than that. Because Lori was even worried about what was on Charles's phone. Remember that in the last few videos that I've created on the Charles Vallow series. She needed to delete any conversation about this fake email because it can't look fake. Because if anybody sees that, then it's proof that she conspired to kill Charles, in my opinion. So she can't have Charles saying, hey, I didn't write this email, Lori and Chad are up to something, because that would mess up her plan. That would mess up her money, that would mess up her move, that would mess up her being with Chad. Agreed? Now, also something that's been on my mind as well. When I was a guest on Profiling Evil, we talked about Tylee and JJ and how they were murdered differently. I had agreed that it does seem like there were two different murders because there was two different methods. They agreed. So I'm wondering if Chad was the one who murdered Tylee and Tylee could have seen him that day in Arizona in the house talking to Lori about the plans. Maybe they were hanging out and talking about killing Charles, even though Tylee may not have known about that until the next day. Perhaps Lori had a little visitor either that week or the night before, or maybe even that day. What this also means is that Chad planned to kill Charles with Lori, like I'm beating this like a dead horse throughout this video. I want to know, was there a response in this email? I also want to see Chad's cell phone pings and where he was on that fateful day, unless he only had his burner phone now that I think about it. I also want to know what his movements are were in those two weeks between the 28th and July 11th. Also, there's one line in this email that I wonder if Lori knew about Chad's sordid history and devious, murderous ways. This is what it says. I really liked your autobiography and the tone you took in sharing experiences without preaching. This one line has me potentially concerned far beyond this day. She likes his experience and what he shared with her without telling her how to do it. Has Chad killed before? I talked on Profiling Evil about that as well, that I feel like this is starting to look like Chad, this isn't his first rodeo. So did Lori know about Chad's past if this was true? And is that why all of a sudden she kept saying to Charles and threatening him, if you get in the way, I will murder you, just perhaps like Chad does. What are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments below. So it's no coincidence, in my opinion, that Lori moves from Texas to Arizona and within one week, she emails Chad this letter. She urges him to come out the very next week, but it looks like Chad wasn't able to because Charles got killed on July 11th. But Alex was on vacation that week that Charles died, as he mentioned on body cam. Where was Chad and what was his alibi? We may have missed a very, important piece to this puzzle. And in my opinion, 
if Chad had the opportunity to be part of this, he certainly would have taken it. He certainly did with Tylee, with JJ, and with Tammy. So I do question, did something happen and Chad wasn't able to make it that week and Alex stepped in or were the three stooges all together? And maybe in true Chad style, he actually fled the scene of the crime. Wouldn't be the first time. Let's have a chit chat below. Let me know your thoughts. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Share this video. This is a premeditation plot and this is a very important piece to the puzzle. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.